How do you mean that? Well, I mean that there are the colors and the beauties, the designs, the beautiful way things appear. People themselves, dull people, but I thought dull, appear fascinating, interesting, mysterious, wonderful. But that's only the beginning. Welcome to Strange People, Weird Worlds. Let's get this show started. And then, you know, not having my truck sucks, too, so... Yeah, fuck, when did your transmission go out? Like, right before I left town. Oh, my God. Like day before, I was driving around, and all of a sudden I noticed it was shifting weird, and... Oh, fuck. That's yeah. always how it happens. Like, right before you're supposed to leave town or you need it. Yeah, it really sucks because it's right before Christmas and all that shit. Fuck. You know anyone who uh, is, like, a good mechanic? Yeah, I got a guy. He's he's uh, actually he's coming to pull out my transmission tomorrow. Or no. Well, Wednesday, yeah. The day everybody's okay. hearing the podcast. Ah. So... The day that everyone hears this, your car will be hopefully fixed. No, cars. no, just the process is being started. But I'll be, uh, I'll be truckless for a couple weeks. Oh fuck! Yeah. How far away is your work from your house? Uh, in miles, kind of far, but like it's like right down the highway. My work's really cool. They've already adjusted my schedule, so as long as I start at 8 in the morning or later, I can drop Miranda off at work, and then I still get off work before she does, so. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so they gave me all later shifts. Normally, I'm like the the Yeah. Anyhow. So, uh, since it's been just me and you and not an all-boys podcast, we don't talk about football very much, or at all. Uh, Lizzie football. But I just need to throw out there, my Green Bay Packers are 7-1 and one after uh, their defeat of the Kansas City Chiefs last night, and I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I've been pretty humble as far as social media and things like that, so I just I wanted to give a little shout-out on the show at least. I'm very superstitious, so like anything I've done on games we win, I, I, I repeat that, and anything I didn't do, I don't want to do it. So, like, I've never made, like, a Facebook post about them this year, and every time I think about it, I'm like, no, nah, better not. I <laughs> don't want to mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've worn a Brett Favre jersey, my Brett Favre jersey, for every game except for the one we lost this year. So that's, that's the kind of fan I am, one of those crazy, weird, superstitious ones. You know, I'm kind of the same way, so I have this weird thing. Um, anytime, so I don't watch much football, but hockey, oh boy, I can get into hockey for days. <laughs> Any, <laughs> anytime I watch a game, we always fucking lose. <laughs> but if I don't watch it, we win. So I'm just like in this weird parallel universe of like, do I watch the games and be a fan or do I not watch them and be an even better fan and let the boys take one, like take a W? <laughs> well, then they should do good this year because there's a big uproar because whatever like the the local TV stations aren't allowed to carry the station that plays the hockey yeah. team. Yeah, so Altitude um, like Sports actually... They couldn't come to an agreement on money, of course. I feel like the NHL or the NHL always gets fucked over with money, but they couldn't come to an agreement on like a good, pretty much pay payout for them. And yeah. so they're like, "All right, well, since you guys don't want to pay us what we want, we just won't stream your games." And so now we can't watch any Avalanche games on TV. That sucks. Yeah, it 
It's definitely, it's a hard one. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I haven't been able to watch my boys at all yeah. other than going to a game. Yeah, I, um, I've had the NFL ticket a couple times in my life, like where you get it for free or like my, when my roommate was in the Navy, he was able to like finagle it for free and. But now I just, I mean, I pirate every football. Yeah, I will watch every Packers game. So if it's not on TV, because I keep some bunny ears so I can watch, like, uh, games on TV if they're on TV. But in that, I, I pirate them and stream them through the laptop and plug it into the TV, and it's good to go. Yeah, I wonder if, like, if you can't, I wonder if I could do that to find the game. Try it. Maybe uh, just, like, a different. Yeah, it's hard. Like, I think something, last time I went to the Reddit site, Oh, come on, Anya. I'm so sorry. Be a goddamn professional, will you? I know, I'm so sorry. Jeez, you know, it's a difference between amateur podcasts and professional podcasts, <laughs> and it's little things like that. I, I'm sorry to, to the whole audience. Uh, you know, we're not we're not in studio together today, so I can't keep a close eye on Anya like I normally do. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I failed you. As you all know, I'm not just the cutest in the podcast, but the most professional as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give myself some credit on that one. If you guys listen to my podcast, The Enlightened Lounge, I never have stuff like that happening. It's just a weird day. I, I know why, but I'll, I won't put you on blast. I won't, I won't be like, she, re-re- she re-records five times before she puts an episode out. I was saying I'm I'm not gonna tell everybody you re-record three to five times before you put the show out. I'm not gonna I'm a perfectionist. I can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) So This uh, is the great thing about recording with you is I can't record five times. This is a one and done type of deal. One One and done. There's times we we probably should have re-recorded, like when Miranda was fucking blasting um Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't tell you guys yet uh, when we couldn't figure out the noise and we thought our, I had a neighbor partying. It was Miranda came home and was her favorite one of her favorite movies is Atomic Blonde, and she was just down there blasting it. It was funny too because when it first started, I was like, "Man, someone's really jamming out," and I was like, "No, it sounds like a movie," and I was like, "No, now it sounds like a techno party." It was a movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> basically Atomic Blonde. Yeah, it is a good movie though. Charlize Theron, Charlize Theron, or whatever how the fuck you say her name, she kicks some ass in that movie. She's a babe. Yeah, babes. absolutely, absolutely. So, anyhow, welcome everybody to Strange Welcome People. everybody. Weird Worlds, my name is Gregory Tanner, with me, sort of, yeah, with me, with me in spirit. <laughs> Is the the wonderful, the talented, huh. the scared to drive in snow, Anya Daniela? <laughs> it's just I, it's just I. <laughs> we we are in the middle of like a three or four day snowstorm here. And yeah, and I definitely I could have I could have risked it for the biscuit, and I could have drove, but my car is just so low that. Even just like a small wipeout could have like taken it out. So yeah, I don't know if you guys know this about Anya. She um, she drives a six four Impala. It's about three inches off the ground. Uh, she's got gold and silver spoke rims. I mean that thing. It, <laughs> that you know she can't go over a speed bump, let alone drive in the snow. Worst snow car she ever could have purchased. But 
in the summertime when she's out riding with the homies, it's it's pretty legit. Like, and I say, G up with my gangsta wagon. Oh, God. We are the white. <laughs> we win whitest podcast of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God, it made me crinkle. <laughs> Not even cringe. That's a full and cringe. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. That's I'm, the more I make you laugh, the more those crow's feet set in, and I really hold on to the uh, cutest podcast host. Yeah, you know, uh, I was actually just telling so because I, you know, I can't drive my G wagon. Uh, I had to lift to and from work, and on my ride back, this one guy was like, "Yeah, I try not to laugh a lot because it gives me a lot of wrinkles in my eye." And I look at him, and I was like, "I clearly have a funnier life than you, man." And he's like, "Yeah, I can tell," and I was like, "All right, that was rude." Damn, damn. <laughs> Coming out of the woodwork to the insults, you know, and you know, as you know. Me being a man and you a woman, as we get older, I only get handsomer as you become withered and just old. Now, unless I find the magical potion, which she grows only a few ingredients off. Oh, she's working on it. She's working on it. I, uh, just I, kidding. I drink that green powder stuff, you know, most every day. That's my secret. That's, a, that's my hope for, like, not having cancer and dying. So if you really want to expedite that, you take up the bones of crushed up ants and just pour it in there. Bones of crushed up ants. That seems like um, really detailed work. Yeah, it's actually, I don't know if that's proven. Don't try that. You might get really sick. How do, <laughs> how do you debone an ant? That's, that's my first question. Uh, well, you know, it takes precise, it takes precise work. Yeah, I, I'm picturing... Only, only the pros can do it. I'm picturing you got like that jeweler's, jeweler's thing. Um, a, little, a little bit of that, a little bit of magic, a little bit of sorcerer work, you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I guess uh, as this comes out, I believe it's the, the day before Halloween, I think. It is. Yeah, so we got one more spooky episode for you. Which is crazy, because we thought we only had two this this month. Yeah, good thing. Um, I want to say I, I really thought that out, but I didn't. We got lucky. We got lucky two spooky stories interested me from the first time. (laughs) And we have one more left in the chamber. Uh, This is really cool because um, I actually passed the, we saw the hotel that this takes place in, in Kansas City as we were driving to the wedding. Um, Really cool. Uh, It takes place in the Hotel President. Um, Cool old building. It's got like a big old like red neon sign on top that says President still. Really cool looking. And um, if we weren't like really late to where we were going already, I would have tried to stop and go go look at it a little Kansas bit. Kansas City too. That's a will be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. So yes, today we are talking about the murder in room ten forty six. Although this did take place in January of nineteen thirty five. Uh, so if there was, uh, if the murder is about still, they are definitely not, you know, probably not in good enough shape to come get you. Okay, well that's good. So, At least we're covering our bases yeah. this time around. However, they could have children and children's and yeah. things, and offsprings that are out there waiting to, Young blood. waiting to exact revenge on podcast hosts who badmouth their murderous parents. Oh. 
You know, their their thirst for revenge is very heavy. Yes, very, very heavy. All right. So, it was the first week of January 1935 when a tall man with a facial scar and a cauliflower ear entered the hotel president in Kansas City, Missouri and asked for a single room several floors up for one night. Uh, if you don't know what cauliflower ear is, uh, you'll see it on... It's nasty. Yeah, you'll see it on, like, uh, high school boys who wrestle and things like that. Basically, when you get smacked in the ear too many times, like, the, the skin just starts kind of puffing up and growing out behind it, and it literally looks like, you know, broccoli or cauliflower. Uh, I had a, prof- a teacher my junior year of high school who was a high school wrestling coach, and he wrestled so much that both of his ears were literally just big bunches of cauliflower. Oof. It was the gnarliest thing to look at while he was giving a lecture. I couldn't even focus on geometry. (laughs) Your ear is a a geometric shape. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (sighs) Oh, boy. So. Oh, boys. (laughs) He paid for his room, and he checked in under the name Roland T. Owen. I I, I haven't reviewed what I wrote. I wrote Roland T. Roland. Anyhow, uh, he, he brought no luggage with him, but the bellboy, Randolph Propst, still accompanied him to his room because, you know, back in the day, these kind of things were full service, and that's what you do. On the way, Roland opened up to, opened up to Propst about his original plans of staying at another hotel, the Hotel Malbec, but the cost of $5 a room was much too high, so he... Oh. Chose hotel president. I mean, this is the Great Depression, you know. Yeah, five dollars. I mean, back then that that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So. Five dollars now, like you're probably getting the corner off Colfax. Five dollars. <laughs> you didn't get, you didn't get much. <laughs> Definitely not in Denver. No. <laughs> <laughs> Once, you can't even get a cardboard box for five dollars. Hell no. No way. <laughs> Once the pair reached the room. Owen, uh, he did have a couple things with him. He, he removed from his pocket a comb, a toothbrush, and a hairbrush. He set them all in the bathroom, and both men left the room. Afterwards, Owen took the key from the bellboy, and he left the hotel. Later on that day, a maid went to clean room 1046. Owen was in the room and allowed her to clean while he was inside. Although he did insist that she leave the door unlocked as he was expecting a visitor. While cleaning, she noticed a few things. He had the curtains drawn, and only a single dim lamp lit, providing light for the entire room. It was just enough to notice he was sitting there looking a bit nervous, a bit anxious. Before she left the room, Owen reminded her one more time, Leave the door unlocked. It's a bit ominous. All right. A little weird. A little weird. Yeah. It's like, all right, you little freak leak. What are you planning on doing? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I, at this point, I just assume, like, he's got a hooker coming over or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five-dollar room. You know, he can afford it. And Yeah. You know, maybe he's a little nervous. It's his first time, you know, getting a little lady of the evening. You know, poor Barbara from down the street doesn't know what she's about to walk in into. 
Barbara? That's your go-to hooker name? You know, I feel like that that's a Kansas City hooker name. That time. <laughs> Kansas Barbara. City hooker name. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara or Dorothy. I Dorothy. feel like Dorothy Sue. <coughs> I guess, you know, I mean, I think of those as grandma names, but in 1930, those were the, the young, <laughs> young hot women about... Those were the little hussies. Little hussies about Kansas City. Yeah, going around town being little harlots, doing the thing. (laughs) (laughs) So about 4 p.m., the maid returned uh, with fresh towels because she had uh, taken all the dirty ones or taken them out of the room earlier. Uh, As she let herself in, Owen was lying on the bed fully closed. Nothing else was different in the room, but she did notice a note on the table that that someone had handwritten. It read, Don... I will be back in 15 minutes. Wait. And then she just kind of, you know, redid the towels and left the room. That's fucking weird as shit. Yeah, just a little bit. I can't get a confirmation as to whether he was sleeping or not. But homeboy is just fully clothed, laying on his bed. Laying on the bed. In the dark. I mean, at this point, you know, our little, our little housemaid lady is probably not even that concerned because little freakily girl is already in there looking all worried with the lights <laughs> dimmed and everything kind of like drawn out. So she's probably like, I don't know what's going on in here, but the fact that he's just laying there fully clothed. It's, it's a little weird. It's a little, but you know, yeah. maybe, Maybe that hooker just wore him out, and he just, you know, he, he got dressed and was going to go do something, and then he just passed out on his back flat and just... Just like, oh, I need a nap after that. You, you just, you made him elderly? <laughs> I mean, you know, because he got his soul sucked out of him, so he might be a little tired. Where's your head out today? Have you been hanging out at the retirement home or something? <laughs> I'm always hanging out in the retirement home in my mind. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, at 10.30 the following morning, the maid came back to clean the room. This time, the door was locked from the outside. Basically, uh, everything I've listened to and read about this, uh, people are either thrown off by this fact or can't quite figure out the lock situation. Um, There's a lock on the outside that the, the owner of the room would have a key to, too, but he can only lock it if he was, like, leaving the room. Mm-hmm. Or the staff has a special key that can also unlock that lock. There's also a separate lock inside the room that if you're in the room, you can lock that, and then it's it's kind of, like, locked from the handle, I imagine, like oh the door goodness. handle. It's like lock roulette. <laughs> right? <laughs> so when the maid showed up, the outside lock was locked as if somebody left the room. So she she did let herself in, and as she let herself in, Owen was inside the room. He was sitting in a chair and not talking, just staring into the darkness. This is when she came back into the room? This is the next day, 10.30 in the morning, and she let herself in, but the door was locked from the outside. So somebody locked his door and left the room from the outside. Okay. And now he's sitting on yeah. the chair. So she, she pulls you know, the maid move, thinking, okay, he's gone for the day. And I'm going to go in and clean. She lets herself in. He's sitting in the dark still and just staring Mm -hmm. off into space. 
Weird. As okay. she's tra- as she's trying to sort this out in her brain, the phone rings and Owen answers it. Whoever was on the other end spoke first, and then you hear Owen reply, No, Don. I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast. And then one more time, No, Don. I don't want to eat. Owen hung up the phone, turned to the maid, and he also mentioned to her about the Malbach Hotel and the, uh, the price discrepancies. He also asked her about the president. <laughs> he asked her about the president hotel and what she was supposed to do there. Um, I guess kind of getting maybe a little bit weird asking about her duties and things. So she just hurried along her way with the dirty towels and uh, left that weird motherfucker to himself. Yeah, what a little weirdo. God, yeah. first time she comes in, just sitting there, staring at the dim light, draws, you know, blinds drawn, second time laying on the bed, fully clothed, and the third time sitting there in the dark, and what a weirdo. Yeah. So now, at this point, we do have two mentions of a man named Don. We have, we have Oh, the- see, I was thinking Don was a woman. Maybe. Maybe. That are, there you go. There the, you go again, Greg. It's 2019. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And there, there might be uh, more to that later too. Um, very good. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So there is this person named Don. I'm very sorry. Um, there's a person named Don in the mix. Uh, the the note and now the the phone conversation. And apparently Don's very concerned over Roland's eating situation. So, just like the day before. Later on in the afternoon, the maid's returning to the room with fresh towels. But before she could enter the room, this time she heard a pair of male voices. She knocked on the door, explained why she was there, and a very deep voice that she did not recognize as Owen's bluntly told her, We don't need any towels. Oh. <laughs> And the maid simply left them alone. This poor maid, man. She's going to run for her money this week. Right? Um, even even worse for her, her last name's Soptic. <laughs> her name's Mary Soptic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, I was saving that one. I was saving that one. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah, so she already had to grow up with the name Sop Dick. Or, so is it like Sop Dick or Sob Dick? It's Sop Dick. Like either Soap Dick or Sop Dick. <laughs> Sorry, that's, I shouldn't be laughing at that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's really unfortunate. At least my last name isn't like that. That'd be awful. Anya Sop Dick. Anya Sop Dick. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I still laugh to this day. Um, my friend went to a high school where the ROTC program there was for the Navy. So, you know, they call the soldiers seamen. <laughs> this girl with the last name Chin joined the ROTC, so she was technically seaman Chin. <laughs> oh, God, last name's really a. Uh... They really make or break you. It really can, yeah, yeah. 
I've just got that simple, like, American West last name where somebody in my family history used to tan hides, so I am Gregory Tanner. Your last name, you have that first-person last name, which is... I mean, I guess it's not as common as you'd think. Not that. I, I mean, if, if, you're our, if you're my age, some people recognize it as the Full House last name. But uh, I guess Full House did make a comeback on Netflix. Fuller House or something. Fuller shit. House. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I get uh, Greg Brady or uh, Danny Tanner references when I was younger. That's about it. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't, get, I don't get many other than Anastasia or Anastasia, which is that Disney movie. But besides that, people are like, what? Yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a part of the cool kid club, Greg. Not a lot of Anya's out there. No, no. No, that's, no, there's not. That's good, though. Yeah. So... Sometime after this exchange, a new guest registered with the hotel, a Mrs. Jean Owen, not related to Roland T. Owen, but was given the room next to his. Okay, interesting. You know, maybe they're like, eh, it's a fucking Owen, I'll put him next to the other Owen. Yeah, they're like, oh, they probably know each other. Yeah, maybe they know each other. Several times during the night, Mrs. Owen was disturbed by sounds of an argument. One voice was male, the other female. Mm. Mm. Then heard sounds of a scuffle and gasping noise. She assumed it to be someone snoring. The nocturnal elevator operator, Charles Blocker, also reported some after-hours activity. According to Charles... There was a party taking place in room 1055. And a f- uh, dis- she's described as a commercial woman, which uh, I'm guessing is a prostitute. That's an interesting way to talk about them. Yeah. Commercial woman. Yeah, right? Uh, so he says a commercial woman was trying to find room 1026, but could she have been confusing that for room 1046, where Mr. Roland T. Owen was staying? Oh. Blocker saw the same woman several times during the night. The last time, she was in the company of a man at 4 a.m. She finally left the hotel, and the man was seen... I'm sorry. The man she was seen with left about 15 minutes after her. Neither were ever identified. Interesting. So, yeah, um, the party in room 1055 is kind of... We can assume the reason when Mrs. Owen is calling and complaining about noise, there's probably other complaints about a party going on. And if I was the hotel, you know, front desk, I'd just be like, yeah, you know, there's a party going on. Like, what are you going to do? We told told them to keep quiet. Yeah. You know, you don't automatically assume, like, somebody might be getting choked and murdered or whatever the fuck might have been going on. No. You don't don't want to think about that while you're saying it. You really... I mean... Yeah, you really don't. You're like me... You're already thinking how many people already got murdered in the room that you're staying, and the last thing you want to think about is how many other people are getting murdered while you're staying there. Exactly, exactly. So, at 7 a.m., the front desk noticed that the phone in room 1046 was off the hook. Uh, this is back in the day with the, you know, the big switchboards and a telephone operator and all that kind of stuff. So, the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. You know, the Great Depression and all that. Yeah, 
you know, when hotel rooms were $5. Yeah, $5 hotel room. Now you can only get a foot long for that. You can't even get a foot long though anymore because after tax it comes out to like six something. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's why I don't eat there. Son why I don't of eat a biscuit. There. All right, so the telephone operator was the first one to notice, obviously. And three hours later, it's still off the hook. So our good old friend Bellboy Propst was sent up to the room to replace it. When he arrived, he found the door was locked, and the Do Not Disturb sign was hanging on the handle. So he disturbed them and knocked. (laughs) Hello? As he knocked, he was told, Come in. Turn on the lights. But the door was locked. He knocked another couple times, but was unable to get inside the room. His patience now wearing thin, he yelled, Hey, put the phone back on the hook! (laughs) (laughs) That was a good good one. He was from Brooklyn. He's now in Kansas City. Yeah. From the East Coast. Hey, hey, you know, um, Ricky Props. I I don't remember his first name. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So an hour and a half later, the operator noticed that the phone's still off the hook, and it must be just driving her crazy. I don't know why else she cares. I mean, that's her job. She's not else to care about, right? Yeah, she's just seeing this, like, blinking light, and it's probably driving her crazy. So another bellboy, he must be, like, the head bellboy, Harold Pike, He's sent to investigate. And Pike took... He took the passkey with him, the one that can open the outside lock. And was forced to use it. And when he let himself in the room, he finds Roland Owen lying on the bed without any clothes on. The telephone stand next to the bed had been knocked over with the phone itself (laughs) lying on the floor. Uh, Pike just assumed Owen was drunk and sleeping off a hangover, so he picked up the phone and put it on the hook. He did, however, notice, like, a dark spot around him on the bed. I don't know if he kind of just chose to ignore this, but it seems to me that would be pretty fucking suspicious. Okay, bellboy. Losing your title is number one bellboy. Yeah, yeah, right. So he replaced the he replaced it and was like, "Fuck this shit, I'm out," and shut the door and left. The weird part is, an hour later, the phone was off the hook again. So our good old boy Brooklyn Props was sent up to the room. And like before, the sign was on the door. He knocked a few times and got no answer. So he had no other option but to use the pass key and let himself in. When he let himself in, Owen still had no clothes on, but was crouched over on the floor with his head in his hands. The walls were covered in blood stains. Oh my god. Props fled the room, called his manager, who called the police. And when they arrived, Owen told them. I fell against the bathtub. Uh, uh, what? There's blood all over so- the walls, blood all over the bed. He's fucking like stabbed. He's bleeding out of his head. <laughs> He's 
all fucked up. And he tells the cops he fell against the bathtub. I mean, maybe stumbled into the bathtub after getting stabbed. Jesus Christ. Police officers... Oh, my God. Yeah. Police officers searched the room for clues. What they didn't find was as strange as the things that they did find. Not a single stitch of clothing was found in the entire room. They did find the standard, uh, sorry, the standard hotel room items, such as shampoo, towels, etc., all missing. I mean, why not take them, right? Yeah, especially after, you know, just Dude, my mom, My mom loves that shit. If you stay, if you're a guest at my mom's house, like, the whole bathroom's done up in little hotel things. <laughs> She's got a whole. She's got a whole drawer full of little soaps and shampoos and stuff. Mama's doing it right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because she has like some nicer bottles from nicer hotels, and she refills those ones with the cheaper stuff from the cheaper hotels. <laughs> oh, um, love you, mom. Love your mother. I'm. What a wonderful woman. Oh, she is. She just sent me cookies. My mom. I know everybody says this. But my mom actually does make the best cookies in the world. You know, I I don't say my my mom is the worst baker in the entire world. My mom makes the fucking best cookies ever. I've shut people up. Like they've been like, no, but yeah. And I'm really stingy with them, but I'll give you one just to shut you up. And prove, <laughs> like just so just so you fucking know when I say it, I mean it. My, just so you can, uh... they're so good. Anyways, I love my mommy. Aside from the blood, <laughs> aside from the blood-soaked walls, police found evidence that someone else was in the hotel room. A label from a tie was discovered. Four, fingers, four fingerprints that they assumed to be female were found on the lampshade. Oh. Um, an unsmoked cigarette and a hairpin were also found. Police came to the conclusion that about six hours before he was discovered, Owen was tortured by a person or persons unknown for reasons that were unknown. Owen's injuries were severe and would later prove to be fatal. It means every time the bellboys came to check on him, he already had all these injuries. So they could have, so our number one bellboy could have saved him when he first got in there. Yeah, that was definitely a, a blood pool on the bed. I mean, but he was doing the thing of, you know, when people say, mind your own business, he was minding his own Man, business. Man, he was minding the fuck out of his own business. Like, that, you know, that's, He's like, oh, is that a blood pool? I don't get paid enough for this. Straight up. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a murder witness. I'm out of here. Right? Oh, God. Miranda's oh, at it. Hold, hold on one second. Okay. Maybe she turned it down. I'll give her a chance. Not only we're controlling one environment today, we're controlling two environments. <laughs> right? Oh, gosh. So... The investigation into finding Roland T. Owens' killer obviously hasn't started very well. One of the first discoveries they made was that Roland Owen was actually an alias. Oh. 
a woman phoned in a tip that Owen lived in Clinton, Missouri. When his corpse was put on public display in an effort to help identify him, several people came forward and said that they knew him. One of these was Robert Lane, who said that this was the man who mistook him for a taxi. Robert Lane had reported a strange event that happened to him while driving down the street around 11 p.m. the day Owen registered. He said a man dressed only in his underwear flagged down Lane's car thinking it was a taxi. Lane explained that he was just a city worker but did agree to take the man to a place where he could get a taxi. Lane did notice a man, uh, a wound on the man's arm and mentioned it. The passenger just nodded and swore revenge against someone. Hmm. Whoever this man was, he was less than complimentary and used several explicitives to underline his point. So he... I guess he picked up a man that looks like Roland T. Owen in his underwear and who had a wound on him. And when he asked about it, he started cussing and freaking out and swearing revenge on somebody tomorrow. He got real grumpy real quick. Real grumpy real quick. So maybe, uh, I don't know. It's real weird. Multiple bartenders also stated that Owen was the man they had seen in the company of different women. Of commercial women. Commercial women, yes. I can only <laughs> assume. Police did make a couple of discoveries that they thought may have provided a breakthrough. A man matching Roland T. Owen's description did indeed spend some time at the Malbach, as well as the Kansas City Hotel and St. Regis Hotel. The name used of the Malbach was Eugene Scott, which turned out to be another alias. The staff at the Regis said the unidentified man accompanied Owen at their hotel. Interesting. And so I'm curious if the commercial woman, I'm putting up air quotes right now, is in that man who were unable to be identified from earlier in the story or connected to Mr. Rowan. In cahoots connected to yeah, Mr. Rowan? Or maybe they maybe they did it since they said that they found a woman's hairpin as well as a like a a tie. Yeah, like a like, tag off a tie. And very my way will be possible. And yeah, the uh, yeah the hotel the 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 elevator operator kind of seeing them together and then leaving separately. Pretty pretty interesting. fishy. Pretty fishy, yeah. Pretty fishy. So, um, police tried to concentrate their efforts on finding this Don, uh, but with just a first name, there wasn't much to go on. Don might have been the man visiting Owen, who insisted to the maid that fresh towels were not necessary. He could have been the guest that left the hotel just after 4 a.m. that was seen with the woman. Or he could have been the man at the Regis. Perhaps he was the target of Owen's wrath and and got his in first. Police never found out if Don was any of those or none of them. Just a week after the strange events of January 2nd, a new lead came to light. Local wrestling promoter, Tony Bernardi, said that Owen resembled a man that turned up... 
the previous December to register for wrestling matches. Now, this is interesting because he did have cauliflower ear. Yeah, I was about to say, this is a link to the cauliflower ear, so we're finding some connections. According to Bernardi, Owen used the name Cecil Warner. This information, Cecil Cecil Warner, this guy's just full of names. This information did not shed any more light on the deceased. Without knowing Owen's true name, there was little hope of ever finding his killer. At best, they had a scenario that fits the facts as they knew them. The hairpin found linked the argument overheard by Mrs. Owen, which could have linked to the second man telling the maid not to bother with new towels. This could indicate some sort of love triangle leading to the death of Roland Roland T. Owen. So I I definitely, I would think there was definitely a man and a woman involved in this together. Oh, for sure. Especially if, you know, um, wall one, you have Mr. Bellboy Brooklyn claiming to have heard the come in, like that deep voice. But then you have the woman's hairpin in there. And the fact that he's completely naked. What if it was like a sting? So he called this commercial lady to come in. And when she came in, then like the big pimp dude came in afterwards. But why would the pimp do that? Business. Well, what if they did that to rob him? Uh, Could be like a Bonnie and Clyde type of situation. So she wasn't actually going to do anything. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But, punch about it. but what about... What about the note left for Don and the phone call with Don? You know, like there was—that is true. I mean, there there was connections leading up to this. It doesn't seem like a random kind of thing. True, and especially because he said, "I'm not hungry." Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So to make things even weirder, as the city was making preparations for the funeral. Shortly before the funeral is due to take place, an anonymous call from a man that never identified himself was answered by the head of the funeral home. The the caller asked that the funeral be delayed so that money for the service could be sent over. The man claimed to be Owen's potential brother-in-law and that Owen was indeed the deceased genuine name. The caller also mentioned that Owen had gotten to some difficulties and that investigators were on the wrong track. A few days later, yeah. A few days later, money for the service arrived with no return address. Uh, I heard it was kind of showed up like bunched in a bunch of newspaper or something. Um, basically, he called because they were going to bury him in what they call like Popper's Field, which is like a gr- big grave site for unidentified people and things like that. So the guy called and asked that he be buried in Park Cemetery instead and that the the money will be sent for it. And it just shows up wanted in a bunch of newspaper. Yep. Uh, Additional funds were also sent anonymously to a local... I'm curious about this Owen dude. Yeah. Uh, More money was sent to a local florist with a card for a wreath that says, Love Forever, Luis. Want to repeat the last part again? Repeat the last part? Yeah. What, what about Luis? Sorry, I didn't get a connection oh. with that again. So, uh, aside from the funeral funds, uh, additional funds were also sent anonymously to a local florist 
with a card that read, Love Forever, Luis. Interesting. Yes. Also, in 1936, a woman calling herself Eleanor Ogletree read the magazine American Weekly. Reading the account in the magazine, it occurred to her that the image of Roland T. Owen published in this article strongly resembled her missing brother, 17-year-old Artemis. The last time Artemis was seen was when he left home in Birmingham, Alabama in April of 1934. Approximately a year after he left, three short-type letters arrived to Ruby Ogletree, his mother. This aroused suspicion from Ruby. As far as Ruby was aware, Artemis didn't know how to type, and the the verbiage in the letter seemed kind of different. Like he was speaking, it was kind of slangy and different than Artemis would actually speak. Several months after the final letter arrived, which stated that he was sailing to Europe, a man calling himself Jor- Jordan phoned the family. Jordan provided an update on Artemis and said that. Artemis had saved his life and that he had ma- also married a woman in Cairo. And that, Whoa! Yeah. Whoa, he went from Alabama to Cairo? Yes. Holy shit, Artemis, you're doing the day. <laughs> he wanted to see the world and he saw the world. <laughs> right. And uh, when Ruby was shown the photo of Roland T. Owen, she said it was her missing son. Now... The missing son's supposed to be 17. The people originally identifying in the hotel thought he was, like, late 20s, early 30s. Whoa. So that's a pretty big age gap for, you know, mistaking people. I would say so. True, but some people do look different than their actual age. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, and if Artemis had been missing already for X amount of years where he married this woman in Cairo, he could have easily been, like, early 20s. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, it had only been, like, a year, so he'd still have to be 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, if Roland T. Owen, in reality, was Artemis Ogletree, it raises questions. Questions that have no answers. Why did he use so many aliases? Who was Don and Luis? And what role did they play in Owen's death? What was Ogletree doing in Kansas? What relationship did Jordan have with him? Was Jordan the man seen at the hotel on the night Owen died? And who paid for the funeral? And why? Oh my gosh. Renewed interest in Roland T. Owen surfaced in 2003 when someone got in touch with Kansas City Public Librarian John Horner by phone. The caller didn't identify himself but did say that they phoned from outside Missouri and that someone had recently passed away. While he was scouring the belongings of the recently deceased, he discovered a box full of old newspaper clippings. All of these clippings were about the murder of Roland T. Owen. Also in the box was something that the newspaper reports had mentioned, and the caller refused to say what it was. What a fucking asshole caller. Why did you call then? Seriously. <laughs> Why did Why you? Why are you going to call? We're not going to give him like, right? information. Right? Yeah. Hey, I've got something. That's all. I'm not going to tell you what I got, though. <laughs> uh, 
that is all the information on Roland T. Owen. I um, I'm most interested in the people that called about the funeral arrangements. Yeah, well, the people that called about the funeral arrangements, and then this Artemis guy, and why does he have so many aliases? I'm not so convinced on the Artemis thing. I think this is a family, you know, a kid who ran away in a family, like, hoping, you know, photos were shitty back then, and... No, it's true. They're just kind of reaching for the stars to find some type of clarity. Yeah, but these callers, you have a male caller about the money, and you have a female signature on the flowers saying love forever. Now there's, there's speculation also that, um, basically Roland was engaged to this lady, had been cheating on her and her, you know, her brother or Roland's brother-in-law as he identified him, potential brother-in-law as he identified himself on the phone, was now exacting revenge. Here is a thought. What if the man and the woman that they, you know, supposedly are from the artifacts that they found from the room, what if it was from his fiance who showed up and then her brother showed up afterwards? Or what if they hired a commercial woman to come and, like, see if he would do it, and then she was actually in on it, and then the guy with the deep voice with the brother-in-law was seeking the revenge. So you think that's... That's a whole like, jambalaya of theories, but... Like, like they set him up with a hooker to catch him red-handed? Yes. I... The only thing that trips me out still is he seems to be expecting Don. Why? Well, it, it seems he, he's, he, it's like he's been reported kind of going hotel to hotel in this area. And he's seen the night before he checks into the president, possibly running in his underwear, trying to flag down a taxi. And then later on checks in fully clothed to a hotel with no belongings. Is right away expecting somebody to come visit him. So, what if? Because did we ever confirm if Don was male or female? No. All we have to go on is that uh, the one night where Mrs. Owens heard a male and female arguing. And then you have so, the, the reports of the elevator operator seeing a male and female kind of together, kind of not. And both leaving after 4 a.m. What if Don was his fiance and Don was calling him? To, like, see how everything was going. And then that woman was, the commercial woman was the prostitute. Because, I mean, if you're going hotel to hotel with nothing, typically people who go to hotels with nothing, you know, they're either doing their own thing, but sometimes they're seeing prostitutes or they're seeing sex workers. Yeah. It could have been a setup. I think I'm, I'm going to go with the fact of, Don was his fiance calling to check on him. That's probably why he was like, no, Don, I didn't like pestering about that. Cause when he loves when he would make sure that they're okay. And then it was a setup, you know, they hired a commercial lady to come to see if he would take the bait. He did it. 
Big Brother came in, finished off the job, played the same. But the flowers are love forever, Luis. Yeah, that they, he, I guess I forgot that one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I almost had it. <laughs> <coughs> I'm thinking Don's the brother. I just, I mean, I don't... They, they fucking tortured this guy. I'm wondering if maybe they didn't mean to kill him. I think and maybe... he accidentally just died. I think maybe Don meant to teach him a lesson <laughs> and things went a little too far. Like... Like, maybe he got caught cheating, and he's like, all right, Don, we'll, we'll talk this out, we'll hash it out, and we'll meet, and then shit just kind of ex- escalates, and somehow, you know, Luis finds out, and she shows up too, and it's already gone too far, and they they bail, and leave, leave Roland to you, and all fucked up, and... I don't know. It just it just sounds like shit went crazy in that room. I mean, there's blood all over yeah. the walls. There's his but head. He's naked. Yeah, they took his clothes. They he's stabbed. His head's bashed. Like man, whatever that dude got into, I'm gonna take a life lesson and not do what he did and piss yeah. people off because fuck. Yeah. But just just a weird, crazy one. Uh, it, it's really intriguing. I found, and I, I really I have no answers. I, I think, you know, don't don't cheat on your fiancés. Don't cheat on your girlfriends, boys. Um, yeah, and uh, man, this is going to be one that I'm going to be thinking about after we end the show, and I'm going to keep on trying to figure out how the hell it happened. Yeah. What the hell happened? What happened? Don't be a slime dog. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a freak leak, don't be a slime dog. Yeah, don't be a slime dog. So, we have something cool going on with this episode as well. Uh, my friend Austin in Florida, he's been dabbling in... Um, have you seen people lately like that action figure photography that's been kind of happening? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's been doing like action figure photography, uh, a lot of Star Wars action figures and things like that. He is doing a, uh, I don't know what to call it exactly, but he's basically making a small little, like, motion picture. Not motion, but, like, frame-by-frame deal. Like, he's acting out this episode with action figures and, like, taking pictures of it and making, like, a storyboard with it. Yeah. So they're working on it right now. Or they could be done right now by the time this is finished. Last time he told, he uh, contacted me, they're a little bit behind. So I'll, I'll be posting it all on Instagram and Facebook and all that, but there should be a cool little kind of uh, action figure movie of this episode. And uh, he even has us in the studio uh, in the beginning. So it should be pretty fun. Oh, that's so exciting! Yeah, so shout out to my buddies uh, Austin and Matt. They're the ones working on it. Shout out to Matt. Thank you guys yeah. for being rad artist dudes. Yeah. Matt Savage. He's got a fun name to say. His real name's Matt Savage. Oh, that's a rad name. Yeah. And he's he's one of the coolest people you'll ever meet, too. He, he's definitely deserving of the name Savage. Well, Matt Savage, I hope one day I get to meet you in person. Right. Anyhow, uh, that, that's about it for today. Uh, you know, 
yeah, this is a pretty pretty weird, mysterious case. I was definitely intrigued by it. Yeah, that was a weird one. You know, thank thank you for not doing a weird, weird episode where I'm, like, scared to be in my own house at night. Right. <laughs> watching me. Yeah, I figured we'll, we'll do one that's a little out of date and a little out of state and... Little out of date, little out of state. Yeah, and it just seems ain't that great. Yeah, <laughs> if I if I had to <laughs> if I had to put a pin in it, I would say this was some sort of revenge murder, and uh, I, I think we're all safe from this this person who still is out there or never got caught at least. Yeah, I think that uh, we're we're good as a golden team. Yeah, actually, I guess that's yeah. not good. I don't. <laughs> If you know a Don and they're in their, uh, like, 100-something years old, you know, ask them if they killed Roland. (laughs) And uh, if they did, let us know. (laughs) Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Uh, Other than that, I think that's about it for today. If you guys are in the Denver area, keep it warm. Yeah, stay warm out there, ladies and gents, and everything in between. Uh, if you want to see this action figure photography movie thingy, make sure you're following us on Instagram at SP Weird World. Make sure you're following the Strange People Weird World Facebook page. And you can follow me at Greg's Weird World on Instagram. And you can follow Din- Anya at Anya Daniela at Instagram. And uh, that's about it, guys. I'll need you to. Uh, that's about it. Just go ahead and um, keep it weird. Well, don't, don't I never cheat. knew anything like that in the whole of my life. I don't know. <laughs> don't be a freak. Nice. Don't be a freak. <laughs>